Welcome everybody to the KIRP Radio Show. 619-638-8559 is the number. And uh, it's a privilege to be here, man, to talk to you guys, to rock with everybody, and do some positive things in this world. Uh, shout out to all my listeners out there in Seattle, Washington, man. I see you guys. You are B-I-G in my book. Appreciate the love that you guys show. And uh, let's see who else we got on here. Shout out to North Carolina. Always in the house, man. I love my North Carolina family. Always showing me a lot of love. Um, I appreciate everybody in NC for coming to check your boy out. South Carolina, I see you in the house. Shout out to you guys as well. Shout out to everybody, man. Just, you know, shout out to the whole wide world. And, uh, you know, man, I feel the love, man. It's, 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 it's definitely a wonderful thing uh, to be able to do a show like this and to be able to um, express concerns, you know, be able to share some uh, some feelings with the world. It's nice to be able to uh, help educate uh, some people or educate individuals who don't know uh, quite what you go through uh, from a personal aspect. Uh, the truth be told that there's a lot of folks out here who, you know, they they have their own world going on, and uh, that's okay. You know, I don't I don't hold any uh, 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 ill ill uh, ill you know feelings towards people who are just kicking it in their own world. You know, I, I'm not mad at people who don't uh, think outside of the box. I'm not mad at people who don't think outside of their community, who don't see the world. Uh, for as big as it is, you know, I'm not mad at anybody for that. I, I, I actually get it. You know, I know that for a lot of people, this, this world is very small. So, you know, there are a lot of people who don't get outside of their neighborhoods even or outside of their com- comfort zones, I would say, because, you know, one thing I notice is, you know, I, I have a lot of friends and family in, in New York City and, and even other large cities, other big cities. And uh, one thing that I've noticed is that when people uh, live in those cities and they, they set out to establish themselves, you know, in a world where everything is going on all the time, you know, where there are always a large quantity of people uh, and, and things are just active, you know, everywhere you turn, things are active and people are moving in different directions and objects, and cars and planes, trains, buses, and you name it, you know, and the life is just going on for a multitude of people at one time. And I noticed that, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of the times when you have individuals who live uh, in those larger cities, they never get outside of their comfort zones. You know, they, they never get outside of that same route that they take to work, uh, that, that same subway station, those same trains or that same bus route or the same drive or the same walk, the same bike ride. You know, it, it's amazing how we can all get in that groove. And, and I've been there before. It's not even, it's not just people in big cities, but I, I see that more so, uh, more often than I do that people who live in, you know, smaller towns. But uh, even in smaller towns, it's the same concept of things because it seems like folks in smaller towns uh, don't want to accept the world 
for being a different place. You know, they don't look at the world, you know, the the rest of the world is wrong and everything that goes on in this small town, my small city, my small uh, 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 town or or municipality or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, that's what's right. That's what's right about the world and everything else is wrong about the world. So I don't have any uh, uh, ill feelings towards people who, don't see outside of their small towns, but it's something that bothers me. Um, It's amazing how people are very successful, uh, um, and and I say that lightly, you know, I say that carefully, successful. You know, a lot of people have different definitions of what success is, but um, a lot of people who live in smaller towns, uh, let's not even say it's 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 a success. Let's just say uh, these folks gain a certain status and a popular status, you know. And it seems like to me when people in small towns gain these popular or, or this popular status, it's almost as that they're bigger than life. They're bigger than the world. And when you interact with these folks, it's almost a sense of, for me, it, it, it seems like when you, when you deal with these folks, they have this sense of uh, uh, there's vanity there. there. There's a sense of pride there. Um, there's a sense of of uh, I'm better than you, kind of sometimes, and you know I'm the guy. This was crazy. Like I'm the guy who, you know, I perpetuate cockiness. <laughs> you know, I, I train kids, I train young adults, college students in in sports, and uh, I mentor young kids and college students in in, in sports, even lightly. Sometimes I only get some of these kids once a month, but anyway, um, I'm the guy who says, you know what, if you work your ass off, you know, why not be a little bit cocky? You know, I like that edginess. Like, I like that that kind of Jay-Z, I'm the, the greatest MC cockiness. You know, I, I, I like the, the, the that Mitt, I even like that Mitt Romney swagger when he was like, you know, I bet you $10,000. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's saying... See, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. That's just basically saying I'm so sure of myself that I'll put it on the line. I have any problems with that. But the things that bother me, and, and yeah, the things that bother me is the people uh, who gain this, this, this prideful attitude or who, who display this, you know, overly confident attitude and this overly conf, you know confidence and it, and it becomes annoying but what bothers me is when those people haven't done anything when they haven't done anything um and that's just what's on my mind right now like there's a lot of folks out here who uh first of all let, let me just say this right and I, and I don't mean any disrespect to people because I, you know, maybe I feel this way now, 
But if I sit down and really think about it more, I mean, I, I'll probably feel more towards the, okay, they, they're doing their thing, so they should be, they can be cocky if they want to. They can be, because I, I'm the, again, I'm the guy who says, you know what, if you're pretty and, and you're doing your thing, and, you, and, and, and when I say pretty, you know, that's in your own eye. If you're a confident person and you feel like you're drop-dead gorgeous, damn it, you should feel like that, and I don't have a problem with that. And if you have a high standard and you're what some people call high-maintenance, cool, you be high-standard, you have your high-maintenance, and that's absolutely fine. You're keeping it up. You're not asking anybody to keep it up for you. You're probably the type of person who does not settle for less, and that's cool. That's fine with me. I don't have a problem in the world with that. Again, I perpetuate that in people. I, I tell people to be like that. Be sure of yourself. Have a little bit of pride, but don't let it hurt you. Like, don't let that pride be negative. It's okay to have pride in believing in yourself and have confidence. You know, I'm even a guy who says, you know what, it's okay to be a little bit self-absorbed because if you don't know who you are, you can't definitely ask for anybody else to do anything for you and to please you and, and you know, nobody else could ever step to the plate if you don't know who you are because nine times out of ten, if you don't know who you are, you don't know what you want. And then there's no way to please you from a relationship aspect or a friendship aspect or even a family member aspect. You know, you'll, you'll be impossible to please if you don't know who you are and you can't please yourself. So I'm, I'm cool with people feeling a certain way about themselves and having that, that confidence to say, you know what, I'm like this and I'm not going to settle for less, or I'm not going to settle for that. That's absolutely fine by me. But there's a lot of people who has not achieved anything in life, uh, anything personally, anything publicly, and... I mean, no honorable mentions, nothing. There's a lot of people who their groups worship their attitudes or their swag, if, if you want to go there, and just worship who they are based on how they dress, what labels they wear, what kind of car they drive. And, and and crazy, ill, stupid things like that. And as I dig deeper into this, and, and this this is the reason why I'm bringing it up right now, like as I dig deeper into that whole mentality, I notice that our children or children of today, young adults today, um, they sweat things a lot. <laughs> And, and if you don't know what sweat things is, that means uh, they jock things so much or they uh, they put so much into what someone else is doing or what someone else has and they put people on pedestals who hasn't achieved anything and don't and, and those same people that are put on pedestals, they don't even know how to say thank you. They don't even know how to be appreciative to what someone else is seeing in them that someone else sees as, you know, beneficial in their lives. And I think because of that in society today, we've stumbled on, I know I've seen a whole wave of leaders, <laughs> you know, a whole wave of 
motivational speakers, uh, a whole wave of celebrities, and these folks aren't the definition of the things that they say they are or that they try to display. And what's happening in society is that, you know, once upon a time when we had people who, who were great thinkers, you know, uh, people who were scholars, people who were community leaders, uh, you know, some of the greatest pastors even, and and I wasn't going to go there, but even some of the greatest pastors and some of the greatest preachers, uh, even a good coach, you know, once upon a time, these people had great status in the community. And everything that they said and everything that they did, folks paid attention to, and, and people held them in in the highest regard. Uh, but social media has catapulted people who aren't worthy of those positions and worthy of that respect and people who can't carry that um, that title or those titles and they can't carry that respect on their back uh, uh, amongst the public and still maintain and be who they are and, and it be okay. And, and what I mean is there's a lot of people out there dropping the ball. And what got me to thinking about this is that you know, I frequent Twitter, I frequent Facebook, and I read. Like, I, I actually read what people write. You know how you go on, like, Facebook and folks write, you know, paragraphs upon paragraphs upon paragraphs about who they are, what they do. And I love that stuff, man, because it gives me a real inside look at the person that's writing this and the person that's on my friends list or a friend of a friend or a person that's in the group with me or what may have you. Uh, maybe a person that I follow or a person that follows me. And it, and it allows me to see inside of their mind what they're thinking, how they feel. And, 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 and I get a, an honest look at the way that they express themselves and the things that they really feel in their heart. You know, but because people write these things and, and, and whether they come back and delete it or, you know, don't pay attention to it anymore or get rid of it or, or whatever, you know, whether they come back and change it or, or, or whatever later, for that moment that I get to read those paragraphs that these people write or those couple of sentences or those couple of lines or the pictures that they post or what may have you, I get to understand those these people. And I follow a lot of people who uh, are quote-unquote uh, leaders, you know, whether it being political, religious, community, or otherwise. And as I'm paying attention to a lot of these folks, and I mean this with all the respect in the world, but as I pay attention to these folks, you know, I realize that a lot of people don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> and folks aren't doing what they're doing for the benefit of others. A lot of people are doing what they're doing because they are vain. They love to be followed. Um, they love attention. Everybody loves attention. Don't get it twisted. You hear people say they don't love attention. That's bullshit. Don't 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 man, don't let people kid you. <laughs> you know? Don't don't let people kid you. Like we, we all enjoy a certain amount of attention. Okay? It's a human thing. It's a it's a it's a very normal thing 
to enjoy attention, to want attention, to appreciate attention, for someone to like you. It's a very humanistic thing. It's a very, it, it's something that we're born with. We're born wanting to be liked. And I'm guilty of it myself. You hear a lot of people that say, I don't care who likes me or not. I don't care if they don't like it. And that's BS. Like, I'm calling myself out right now. I mean, I, I really had time to sit about this thing. And it, this is what, you know, I, I was driving this weekend, and, and I went home. Man, shout out to everybody out there in Wilson, N.C. That's my home, man. I, I As much as I say I, I don't like that place, I do love it. And, and yeah, maybe I don't like it. I love it. You know, maybe that's what it is. The truth just came out right now. This is a revelation for me. You know, I don't like my hometown. I love my hometown. Uh, I definitely don't like it. There's a lot of cleaning up that needs to be done. There's a lot of people that need to go away. You know, there's a lot of people that need to step down. I hope everybody out there in Wilson, NC is listening. There's a lot of people that need to step down. There's people that need to go away, do away with yourself, retire, get up out of there, get out of the way. There's a new wave of people that's coming that means no harm and, 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 and that has great intentions for the town for the city and they want to do right by all people and they want to bring this city up and they have these ideas and these ideas are very exciting. Uh, they don't cost a lot. People are willing to put in some work. But the people who have been in power don't want to go away. And it's time for y'all to lay it down. It really is. It's time for you to go away. You know, um, but anyway, I, you know, I came to these thoughts because I, I went to a funeral this weekend. Um, rest in paradise to my Uncle Donald, uh, a.k.a. Uncle D. And, uh, yeah, very, very, uh, very cool brother Uncle Donald was. You know, he was the guy in, in the 80s. Uh, First two buttons unbuttoned, gold chains, chest hair, you know, stood with character. He walked with character. He talked with character. Hard-working guy. Didn't have a problem showing it to anybody. When he stepped out, he stepped out right. Oftentimes you see him in work clothes and he didn't, it didn't bother him at all. You know, he was that dude. Uh Never really had anything negative to say about people. Everyone, everyone has their opinions at times, but uh, very cool, collected brother. Uh, I, I will say, and over the past week or so, maybe maybe two weeks or longer, I think when I when I spoke to him in the hospital, um, that was the first time I had talked to him in some years. And we just, we walked down memory lane for about an hour. And that was real cool, you know. And since that conversation, uh, I had made plans. <clears throat> I had made plans to go see him in Duke Hospital. And, and, and I promise to get back to the topic here in a second. Uh, but I, I made plans to go see him um, in Durham. And uh, I don't I don't live too far from there, maybe an hour at most. So I I made plans to see him, but uh, you know he had already left the hospital, and 
you know, that's cool, whatever. So um, I didn't get to see him, you know, before he passed. And uh, in talking to some relatives, you know, you know, he died from cancer. So obviously uh, he, and he, and he's been sick some time. So obviously he didn't look exactly like, you know, himself, obviously. I mean, that, that's, that's a no-brainer, right? And um, it's not a negative thing. It's just it's a realistic thing. So everybody knows me. You know, I always try to look at the bright side of all things and not try, I do. So in in looking at that, you know, I got to have a conversation with him as an adult man and a real I'm a real man, you know, for folks who don't know me. You you folks out there might you know, I get caught up in my emotion on the show. You might think I'm a punk or you know, whatever, who knows? But I I'm definitely a real man. So I got to bond with him and have a conversation with him as one real man to another real man who has always been a real man, who's also had an impact on me being the man that I am today. But I got to have a conversation with him from from nephew to uncle and him realizing that he wouldn't be here much longer. He knew. Um, But that was definitely not the focus of the conversation we had. We talked sports. We talked old times. Uh, he taught me how to play checkers. We talk. We talk checkers. We talk NBA. We, you know, man, we just kicked it, and it was it wasn't forced. It was just natural. It was a good conversation, and um, after that conversation we had, I started reminiscing and I started thinking back, and I realized that. You know, it, it's amazing the things that we don't, if you don't sit down and think about your childhood and think about the things that you've been through and think about how you were raised, you know, it's amazing the things that we don't appreciate. And anyway, you know, long story short, I got to really sit down and think about the impact that he made on my life. And uh, which which was a very beautiful thing, and you know, I'm appreciative to the fact that I got to be taught and be led by a real man, you know, and uh, I I I thank God for that. But um. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my uncle is, and, and my grandfather, and, you know, I have more uncles, but, you know, just speaking on Uncle Donald right now, and, and the topic of this show, you know, how people don't earn the accolades that they reek, and and don't earn the benefits that they reek, you know, they don't earn the fruits, and, and, and people take credit for a lot of things that they don't do, and... You know, there are a lot of people out here here in leadership roles. Like, you know, my, look looking into the life of my uncle, like it, it it really correlates with the topic of what I'm saying because he never asked to be praised. You know, like that, that's the thing about a true leader and, and and leaders of yesterday. Like these these guys, 
these great men through time that we read about and, and, and some in our, in our families and in our neighborhoods and our some, some were our coaches and some were our mentors and our teachers and you name it, these men never asked to be praised. They never asked for it, but somehow you knew they were special because of how they carried themselves and, and how they demanded to be treated by everybody without saying you're going to respect me, without saying it out of their mouth, you're going to respect me, or you're going to treat me this way, or you're going to treat me that way. It's like society knew, everybody knew, we knew as kids, our friends knew, you know, neighbors knew, their friends knew, when, when these type of individuals who were strong, who were really true god sent people, they knew they were leaders. They didn't need any uh, 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 co-signing. Nobody had, a, nobody had a sign on the line say, you know what, this guy says he's a leader. Yep, he's a leader. Nobody had to do that. You just knew. And I think the most beautiful part about it is that they never asked to be. What I'm seeing today is a lot of individuals who don't have that. They don't have that it thing. You know, they, they don't have that leader thing. They don't have that kind of swag, and, and, and leaders of today are asking everybody to respect them as leaders, or they're going around telling everybody, yes, I'm a leader of this, yes, I am a leader of that, instead of letting their words show the people, letting their actions show the people, you know, letting their emotions, their work you know, the magnitude of their work and the impact of their work and the impact of their heart, those are the things that should make people feel that shiver that you get when someone sings in a funeral, that, that, that out-of-body experience. That's what you should get from leaders today, and we're not getting that from leaders, but we're getting a lot of people going around saying, you know what, I'm this, that, and the third, and here's why you should follow me like the Pied Piper. Now, somewhere in here, Somewhere in here, somehow, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know what it is. But in all the things that we have to talk about with young adults and teenagers, I'm just going to say kids today. With all the things that we talk about with kids today, we wonder why kids aren't respectful. You know, we, we wonder why kids don't respect they're elders. And I think there's a transition happening. You know, a good friend of mine, we were talking about the difference of the church and a king, a kingdom led by a king and a kingdom led by a church. And in society today, we live in a society that's a kingdom led by the church. And there's a problem with that. I, I respect the church for which it stands. I respect all pastors for which they stand and the work that they do and the God's work that they do. But there's a place for that. And there's also a place for a king, a leader within the people in the community, 
that's supposed to lead that community. For example, and, and, and here's why I say this, right? In the in, Listen, I'm, I'm going to speak on the black church. So that's what I know, okay? And, and this is what we see traditionally. I'm not saying everywhere, but this is what we see traditionally. Traditionally, we see a pastor of a church, of a black church, of the black church. Traditionally, this pastor is normally the CEO, the CFO, uh, the minister, the head minister or priest or pastor, the shepherd. And with just those three jobs, whether you have a committee or not, if you have this one individual that's going to make the money decisions for this organization, because let's not forget, a church is a civic organization, if, if you, you know, whether you want to realize it or not. Oftentimes it's a business as well. So when you have someone who's not educated in the field of finance, making financial decisions, you're doomed. You're looking for a ruin. And in the black church, Many times we hear, what what do we hear in the black church? A lot of the times, what what do y'all think we hear? What do we hear? I'm I'm just asking you, what what do we hear? Right, but you, well you don't have to say it in the mic. But what do we hear? Like when the pastor make when the pastor makes the decision in the black church, y'all know what? KRP listeners, everybody out there, we all hear the same thing. Well, he's led by God to make that decision. Now, I'm not going to get into all of that, but in the natural, if you have a entry-level person or even the person with the most experience on a job, that person can't make the money decisions for that corporation because it's not beneficial. They're only going to see it from one aspect. They don't have any background in finances to even understand what the outcome of a move like A, B, or C would be on that business. So when you have a pastor making financial decisions about the church and he doesn't have any financial understanding, no financial clarity, no financial experience as a head in making financial decisions for a business, oftentimes that business, that church, that that religious entity is going to fail or is going to struggle. And in the black church, the leaders of the black community, when that church organization fails and the multitude of them, guess who else fails? The community fails with them. This is just reality. People people don't want to accept it, but this is real life. So from a business standpoint, and, 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 and I challenge all the leaders out there, I, I challenge all the pastors out there out of love. This ain't out of, out, of, out of conflict. This ain't out of hate. I'm not saying this stuff out of trying to make a mockery of what the black church has, but I'm looking at all these different people that are floating out here, and here's why I'm telling you this. Here's why I'm saying this. Here's, I, I guess here's why I was given this to say tonight, because I didn't prepare for this. I said I'm going to go with my heart, but as I sit here and really think about it, now it makes perfect sense to me because someone needs to tell the black church that you need to get real. If we really want to change the things that are happening in this community, because, it, it listen, 
the black church has to change the way it thinks and the way it operates. You know, as a business entity, as a leader of a community, as a leader of people, you know, as a spiritual guidance and spiritual uh, 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 building, a place of worship, you know, as all of those things, the black church has to fix itself in order to be able to fix the black community. Because as we turn around, see, one thing we know for a fact that businesses will tell you, uh, uh, financial uh, uh, analytics will tell you that black people spend a lot of money, a lot of money, billions of dollars black people spend in retail in America, billions with a B. So when people do their research, or even when, even when they don't do their research, like when people understand this and they acknowledge this fact that black people are going to spend money, that's how you look up and on social media, now I go back to what I said at the top of the show, that's how you look up and you see so many leaders come about that aren't worthy. So many people that says, guess what, I'm here now, I'm the leader, come follow me. I know how to slice bread. I'm the, I'm the best bread slicer in the world, let me show you. You know, I know how to reinvent the wheel. I'm the best re- wheel reinventor in the world. Come follow me. Let me show you how to do it. We're going to do it right. You're going to be rolling good. You know, I know how to lead people. I know how to talk to people. I know how to counsel people. Ah, da, 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 da. We got this out the yin yang, man. Take the time and, you know, hashtag mentor and, 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 and go on Twitter and look this up or Facebook and, you know, search it on Google or do whatever you got to do. But there are a multitude of leaders out here, man. And ain't nobody helping. I'm sure there are a lot of people helping in their way and touching somebody. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there doing it, doing it in their way and are helping a, a certain amount of people or, you know, one person. And I'm not knocking that. But sometimes in a house that's broken, you don't need but one plumber. You only need one electrician, you know. And you need a lot of helpers around that. You don't. You don't need a. You know. You don't. You don't need a lot of chiefs. You need one chief. And the black community, the black house is broken. And all these leaders that are popping up in and out of the place, all over the place, these fly by nights, I call them, because a whole lot of people are talking and, and less people are doing. I'm just saying. Um, a lot of these leaders aren't doing anything and churches are failing behind simple structure and organization. And it's time for the leaders within the church that are uh, um, understood leaders, you know, that are celebrated leaders, that people understand that, you know, this guy is the leader of this church and, you know, the community, the community supports this church and listens to this church and there are people that follow this guy it's time for these individuals to look at themselves and say, you know what? I ain't never run no business. Let me find someone, preferably within your congregation, within your neighborhood, within the recommendation of people in your congregation or your neighborhood. Maybe I need to find someone who understands money that can help us manage this money that we take in from the people within our community and that we take in from our members. And, and et cetera, 
or maybe I need to take my butt back to school so I can understand this from a professional aspect and we can flourish and we can grow. It's one thing to preach it. It's another thing to do it. But what's happening is, again, if the black church struggles and the pastors and the leaders of these black churches don't understand that it's not the end-all, be-all with them, they don't make all decisions. Everything that they do is not right. Everything that they do is not appropriate on all levels and all topics. If this honest conversation is not had, we're going to continue to lose people out of the church. We're going to continue to lose people within the community. The community will continue to bicker because it's in an uproar with no lead, no quality leadership, no loving leadership. And it's going to continue to fail just like any business that's not led right by a professional manager who cares about that business. We're going to continue to fail. So it's time for somebody to have a real reality check all over this country. I'm not just talking about North, South Carolina. I'm not just talking about Cali, New York, Florida. I'm not, I'm not talking about places that hear this broadcast right now. I'm talking about people who are going to hear this broadcast in the archives, people who aren't going to hear this broadcast I want people who are listening to tell other folks what Pudgy said on this radio show. And you know what? I don't care if they discredit me. I don't care if they ridicule me. I don't care if they call me a fool. I don't care if they say he doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't care what they say. He's a fool. He's crazy. Call it what you want. But I want you guys who are listening to this show, I want you to share this information. Because if you share this information, it's possible that you're going to plant a seed. And on the KRP radio show, that's all that we ask to do. That's all that we set out to do. We want to plant seeds and encourage people to think and encourage people to act. I'm sick of people reacting. It's time for us to start acting and start waiting for things to happen and then reacting to those things. Because oftentimes, when we try to react to a situation, it's already too late. Shout out to everybody out there listening to the KRP Radio Show, man. That's my time for the night. Remember, God is love. Love is God. Shout out to everybody out there, man. Thanks for rocking with your boy. 619-638-8559. Check us out on Facebook, at symbol KRP Radio Show. Check us out on Twitter, you know, all over those places, man. At NC Pudgies, me, at KRP Radio Show. Check the website out, KIRPRadioshow.com. We're on iTunes. Check us out. Search. Search the podcast where you get to listen to all the archives of the shows. You know, man, we're just trying to do something lovely over here. Thanks for listening to the KRP Radio Show. Me, we are out of here, man. One love. We'll catch y'all next week, baby. Going out with this Biggie Smalls. I got to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Biggie.